Welcome to our number two on Affairs Day on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. How much do you know about K-food? How much handshake have you eaten? We invite you into the world of Korean food, of course, including the history and culture of it. We'll introduce trendy foods and famous restaurants on Dish of the Day with Chef Ryan. Yes, the man himself is in the studio giving us the recommendations for what to eat this weekend. So you better not miss the dish of the day because we feature all sorts of hot and trendy Korean foods, all sorts of seasonal foods, all sorts of delicious foods, just food. food. It's all about the food. And I'm so excited to talk with you, Chef Ryan, because... I've never been on air with you. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's, it's finally time we get to talk about food together. This is awesome. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I'm so glad you're into food. I, I am. I, I am a, a man who lives to eat rather than eats to live. Ah, oh, man. And, and Korean food, man, I don't know. You've been in Korea quite some time. 22 years. It's yeah. been a while. You got me beat by a few <laughs> years, yeah. Um, and and still to this day, after, you know, I'm, I, I just hit my 17-year mark here. Congratulations. Here. And uh, still to this day. Day, I'm finding new interesting things to check out. This is Hashtag Daily K. I'm Paul Matthews sitting in for Peter Binton. Joining me in the studio as he does every single Thursday, it's Chef Ryan. And let me tell you, there will be blood. Copies and clams, <laughs> there will be blood. Um, we're talking Great about reference. A, a very, a very um, particular, quite peculiar looking, but so, so delicious food. Um, got lots of people commenting. Um, Silver Granny saying, I've never heard of them. Um, and Breaker saying, I've never heard of it, but it's a bit of a funny name. And I have to agree. Blood cockles. It does sound a bit odd. Well, you know, the other clams and stuff, they got blood too. It's just not red. So get over yourself <laughs> and enjoy these lovely, delicious ingredients. Uh, Marilyn writes, what is the closest seafood to this in other countries called? Or is this only in Korea? I've seen these, like we said, in, in Mexico. Mexico, uh, down in Southeast Asia, they're very popular. China, um, although China, I heard they in Shanghai they put a ban Ooh. on cockles because they were farming them in polluted waters. We know that is a tricky. We hear thing. lots of things about pollution and waters and stuff over yeah. there, and and so they do. Maybe they're harder to find there these days. I, I think the UK also has a problem, and this is not to do with pollution so much, but overpicking. We don't have blood mm. cockles, mm. but we have cockles. Uh-huh. And the thing is, they've been over-farmed. They've been over-picked. And so right. certain areas now have a ban. Got that phrase, warm the cockles, right? Yeah, the cockles of your heart. Yeah. Um, maybe not so popular as they were 100 years ago or mm. 150 years ago. But I think the British have a special relationship with those small shells. Well, I think just like in Korea uh, with a lot of these, this is a food source that you could find in the winter. So when your farm is sleeping, you know, there's no crop to harvest yeah, and you, you need food, you could just go down to the waters and dig you know, low tide and start digging and find food. Uh, and I think it was the same thing in the UK exactly. in the winter. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's basically you get what you can get. Right. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I love cockles. And it seems like uh, Leon in Singapore says too, he says, Paul should have some cockles in Singapore. Um, they're bigger than the usual ones. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Tigrish uh, Eeyore says, oh, my blood cockles. I would love to try it. Anything can be deadly as far as food goes. Chicken even. So true. 
So true. American chicken is kind of deadly, guys. Uh, you yeah, you, uh, you have to that. be careful with where you get your chicken from. Boy, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, Siska here says, I think, I don't know, blood cuckles here in Indo makes me curious. I bet you got them over there, Siska, because I was watching a video on my way up this morning uh, around Southeast Asia that looks like it's super famous around there. I did not see them when I was traveling around there last time, but uh, but apparently it's it's pretty common uh, yeah I, I think maybe maybe they're under a different name or they're slightly different shaped but certainly cockles as a whole i think you'll find all over the world but it's the blood cockles that we're focusing on yeah let's let's go ahead and get some pictures up oh, if we could good. guys uh maybe the one that has the one two three picture up there if we could get that in a minute there we go um i want to let everybody know what we're talking about today um this the number one is the pichoge or or the blood clam uh, in English, and that's the larger one uh, that I had in Mexico. You know, okay. it's, it's kind of scary, but so delicious. How big are we talking? Uh, this one uh, in millimeters. Goodness, you're gonna test my. Uh, what's that in millimeters? <laughs> I'd man? say it's about nine to ten centimeters or so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nine to ten centimeters. That's about right. Yeah. Um, they. I've seen these get pretty darn big, and they're the stronger, irony flavor ones. You know, there's more blood inside. You know, it's really meaty. And then because of the the. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The uh, kind of bile sack, you know, that sure. they got, right? Yeah. Uh, they have a creaminess to them, too. Um, yeah, it's it's funny when we use terms like bile sack. You don't think you're creamy. <laughs> but the thing is, I I had I had vongole yesterday. I Ooh. went to an Italian restaurant because I knew we'd be talking about vongole. cockles and clams. Yeah. And I just I fancied having some seafood. And they're just, they're perfect. You know, everything oh. in that little, little shell oh. is oh so delicious. And despite the name bile, yep. it's still so very good. Well, you know, when you cook them just right, you don't want to overcook your clams. You know, we'll, we'll give you some tips on that in a minute. All right. But, um, yeah. but these are the big ones. So these are the pichoge, which is literally translated meaning blood clam. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And then number two there, this is the most common one that is considered the se komak. Uh, komak is like, cockles uh here and and then sekomak is uh it looks just like the the blood clam or the the pichoge yeah. but smaller and this is the one you'll see in the markets here on the half shell okay with yes. that with the yum yum jang on top of it you know okay. the little a little mixture of sauce um and and they're they're really beautiful if you wanted to do some hors d'oeuvres for a party that's a really nice little trick you know you just boil the clams and then you get a little you pop them open leave them on the half shell and put then season them with a little bit of a sauce mixture um or they're taken out of that shell and mixed into a salad and i got a recipe for you guys later with that all right but so these are these and these are uh, these are not as irony they're, are they are they as sweet? Are they sweeter? Um, they're not as irony. They are m sweeter. Uh, they still have that meaty touch, but then the sweetness comes back in. Okay. Uh, definitely, there's a salty hit in the beginning. Uh, they're pretty briny. You know, you got to remember these are these are in those shallow, long tide waters. It's some salty water. This is where salt is harvested in Korea, right? Sure. Or where the salt farms are. So it's some pretty salty waters. Um, but but the sweetness and then the meatiness balance that out as you chew it. Would it be fair yeah. to say then that the Sekomak is more like the beginner's blood cockle 
And mm. then the p i c h o g e is like, after you've got used to that taste, this is like the next level up. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I would start with that one. But, you know, honestly, if you have access to number three here in the picture, okay. if you have to the chamkomak. Now, these are harder to find and much more expensive, but... Oh, just this mild sweetness, this long-lasting flavor. Um, these take four years before they can be harvested, whereas the others are just one year. Okay, so um, even though the others are bigger, yeah, they take longer, these smaller ones. Well, wow. the, the smaller ones are, the, the number three, the chumkomak, is uh, really like a stone. The shells are really hard. The other ones are much more brittle, uh, you know, growing slower. And the taste is just so much more smooth. It's, uh, you know, if you, if you think of flavor f- profile as like an arc or a spike, I would say the blood clams have the biggest spike. And then the, the set uh, komak has a, a lower arc, but then the, the cham komak, number three, it really is this long, slow arc oh, of flavor. My mouth so. is watering. Um, uh, it, it's funny because sometimes um, supermarkets and other places, they, they try to convince us that bigger is better. Right. But, you know, the, whatever, whether it be the size of your chicken or the size of your pig or the size of your clam. <laughs> but in fact, when it comes to seafood, it's often these, these smaller, sort of um, harder to find ones that are the tastiest. Absolutely. And this time of year in Korea, you will find these even on the backs of trucks uh, going through the neighborhood. And, and then you want to be careful. But let me, let me give you a few little tips on, on purchasing these if you do have access to them. Um, you know, when you're buying any kind of clam, you can check if it's alive by kind of like lifting it open a little bit and see if it snaps shut okay. or just kind of tapping it and see if it closes on its own. If it doesn't, if it's just sticking there open with its tongue out, It's probably already dead, and oh. I do not suggest you buy that clam. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that was, the, that was the thing my parents always taught me. If it's cooked and it's open, uh-huh. you're good. Right if, it's, right. if it's uncooked and it's open, you're bad. Right. If it's cooked and it's closed, you're bad. And if right. it's, uh, if it's uh, closed and it's alive, uncooked, it's good. There you go. That's a really good way of looking at it. Um, yeah, uh, often if they don't, like, like Paul said, if they don't open up while you're cooking them, you might not want to go for it. The best rule of thumb with any shellfish, I always remind people when I'm serving it, is that if you get any weird flavor, spit it out. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't risk it. Um, you know, it happens. Oysters are that way. You know, oysters are so good. It's worth the risk. But if you get a funky flavor and it just isn't sitting right with you, you don't have to swallow it. You know, people will respect you still if you have to grab a napkin and, and get, yeah. get that out. But I, but I think, again, here in Korea, um, unless you're getting it off the back of a dodgy truck, True. there's a good chance that the seafood has been kept well and is still very fresh. And um, I've... I, I, I'm touch wood if there is any here. I don't think I've ever been sick. I've ever got food poisoning from seafood in Korea. Same here. And, yeah. and I used to always ask my culinary students to you know, raise their hand if they've ever gotten any kind of food poisoning from seafood, and none of them ever would. Yeah, and, and um, I, I actually realized yesterday that I've, had this, I've been carrying around this prejudice for 20 years. Because I grew up in the 80s and 90s in the UK, where lots of people got sick from bad seafood. Yeah. 
And then I think about it and I think, no, I've never been sick here. I need to eat more clams and cockles. Yeah, well, maybe that seafood was tr- being transported from way down in the Mediterranean somewhere. Yeah. Here we're surrounded by water, uh, almost on, on all four sides. And, uh, and we get the freshest stuff. You know, when I get my oysters or anything, you know, they've come up on a truck that morning from down in those clean waters in the south. Yeah, well, uh, what's, what's amazing now is with the internet as well, even if you're not a chef, there are online services where you can click and you can literally buy a box of clams or a box of cockles and yeah. they send them up in a, in a polystyrene box with ice packs and totally. they're with you the next day. I love it. I love it. Even, even the, the mulchi or the, the fresh anchovies. You know, anchovies or mulchi, they go bad so fast. Yes. You know, those tiny little fish. But I can get them mad fresh, caught that morning, oh. mailed up to me, and then make my own anchovy, you know, salt and make my own anchovies here. That's what an amazing thing as a it's, chef to have access to all this stuff. It's, it's so beautiful. It's I, I, I want to go back to the buying, though, because I have a question. Yes, sir. Um, you've, you've talked very well about, you know, making sure that it's still alive, that you've not got some sort of nasty smell. Do you need to, to wash them? Do you need to clean them? Is there anything you need to do before you actually start cooking with them? Good point, yes. Um, now, what most folks do, which you'll see the ladies doing in the market, is they've got these big rubber gloves on, and they're scrubbing away, right? Uh, that's, that's a good thing. Like we said, these do grow in very muddy waters. Um, they will also, you know, they're filtering. I heard it's 40 gallons of water a day that they filter. That's astonishing. That's a, one little clam. Um, so... They will often have mud or sand or sediment inside. There are some good tricks that you can use. Do you know any of these tricks to get them to spit out the sand? Uh, no, no I, I, I think my wife, when she, whenever she's cooked cockles or clams, she's, she's put them in a bowl of water for a certain amount of time. Right, Let right. them sit for a bit. If you add salt to that water, that might speed it up. Okay. Uh, a chef friend of mine taught me to add a little flour sometimes because they want to eat the flour. Okay. And then they'll spit out. Another trick that I just learned this morning that's uh, common in Thailand is using soda water or sparkling water with the salt and then a little bit of vinegar, and it really speeds it up. That wow. they just start, and, and I was watching it in the video, the color of the water changed as they're spitting spitting out any mud or sediment in there. So so try these tricks. Let us know if they work for you. Uh, that's fantastic. I'm going to tell my wife. This is yeah. this is going to change our cooking process now. I feel you've, you've, you've given me a Christmas <laughs> gift, Chef Ryan, a Christmas gift. Um, yeah, so... so uh, you, you mentioned before you can have them in a salad. I mean, there's all sorts of things you could do with them. Um, but here, is, are they normally eaten raw or are they normally eaten cooked? Normally cooked, boiled. Yeah, so you, you'll boil them and, and not too much. You know, um, one interesting little trick that I learned from uh, friends with this beautiful website, Booty Booty Kitchen. Oh, they're brilliant. Wealth of information. Do uh, you know those girls? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I, I don't I don't think, I think one of them has left Korea now. She's True. not in Korea anymore, Sonia. Sonia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but I always love when they were on the radio talking about food and their, their blog, looking at the different markets and the ingredients. Some of the best information in English that I've come across online. Um, and, and they have a great page on, on Colmark as well. Fantastic. But, uh, but a trick that they taught me is get, bring your water to a boil. Yeah. Then add a cup of cold water. Okay. What that's doing is dropping the temperature down just enough. Yeah. So that you don't overcook the outside of the clam ah. before the inside is done. I see. So you're making it's sure you get an even cook through. Thermodynamics, right? So, so you could also just put the clams in when it, the water's just 
not quite boiling, but it's an easier trick to bring it up to a boil and then add one cup of water. Right? Yeah. And then you see the water, you know, calm down, then add in the clams. And then another trick, only stir in one direction. Wow. Yeah, I never heard this before. This is beautiful, right? Okay. Stir in one direction. Why? Because if you want to serve them on the half shell, you want them to stick to one side of the shell. Uh, and, and then this helps. motion helps. That motion. If you stir back and forth and around, they may not stick to either side of the shell. They might just ah. fall out. Yeah, because that, you... that's the worst thing. I have to say that yesterday, having the mongole, yeah. half the clams were out of the shell. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and then that, you, that's no fun. Yeah, you pick up a shell and there's nothing in it, and then you find these <laughs> ones that are overcooked in the yeah. bottom. Yeah. I, I, do you have to stir, you know, um, clockwise or anti-clockwise? I don't or? think that one matters. Just, just one Just way. pick a direction. Yeah. Okay. And then don't wait for them to all open up. You know, when you get uh, maybe just 20%, 15, 20% of them to start to open up, take them all out. They're going to finish cooking and opening up as as they're cooling down. Right? So it's like popcorn. Very, yes. Yeah. You, 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 when, yes. You, when you've got your most of your pops done, yeah. it's still popping, but you turn off the heat because you there don't you want to go. burn on the bottom. There okay. This makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Chef Ryan. I'm going to have to ask you to clam up for a moment. All right. Um, because we're going to come back in part three. We're going to have a fantastic recipe. Yeah. Breger says, would clams or blood cockles be considered mulgogi? I guess not, right? Mul mulgogi is like water fish or water yeah, meat, right? Exactly. So so mulgogi is specifically about the fish, whereas hesamul is what right. we talk about meaning seafood. There you go. There you go. And then cholge is the word for clam. And then komak is for cockles. Uh, there are mm. so many different kinds of seafood here. It's, it can get very overwhelming, and I think the other issue is that the classification system is different in Korean than it is in English. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. so sometimes you've got, you've, like, when learning about myeongte, myeongte or songte, myeongte, hwangte, dongte. It's all pollock, but yeah. it's pollock in different forms or different kinds or in different methods. How it was methods prepared, half dried, full dried, dried in the sun. Yeah. Dried not in the sun. Uh, it's a load yeah. of pollock, I tell you. Um, <laughs> We've got Marilyn saying fresh cockles are great. Uh, here in New Zealand, we've got pippies. They're flat and smooth, but delicious. Yeah, I have to say, Australian and New Zealand seafood is some of the best in the world. Oh, they got that clean water down there. Uh, they do. They and, they, really do. and they also have the bugs, which sound awful, but are absolutely gorgeous. The Moreton Bay bugs I had when I went to Brisbane. Oh, uh, I got to check that. They're I've never like tried those. lobsters without claws, basically. Ooh. And um, life-changing. Oh, okay. okay, okay. Rock lobsters, yeah. Yeah, I saw those in Africa once, but didn't get a chance to try them. Uh, Rosie here says, isn't it such a lot of work to clean clams? So bothering every time I cook. What's your drill? Okay, uh, a little brush. Um, okay. Just kind of like the kind that, that wraps around your fingers and just has some bristles there. That's a great way. To be quite honest, I don't get too carried away about scrubbing the outsides of these shells. Yeah. We're not eating the outsides of these shells. We're eating the clams. So I get I, I, more so than that, I do like to let them have the time to spit out any sediment. I think that's the main uh, thing because you, do, you, you don't want that awful crunch when you bite oh, into a man. clam or a scallop, whatever it may be, and you just you get that gritty taste in your mouth. I, I've been so excited out beach camping finding clams, and we're like, oh, let's cook them up. 
Yeah, <sighs> not. I mean, not, <laughs> good, the good in theory, right. but in practice, a lot, a lot grittier. You really got to let them sit for a long time to spit out all that sediment. Yeah. yeah, and I think one of the great ways that you can cook big clams in Korea will solve that problem for you as well. Is you put them on the grill, That's and right. that'll burn off anything nasty oh, on the shell. Oh baby, oh baby, choge <laughs> gui. Yeah, uh, Raoul says no. Uh, uh, not overcooked is the major tip you can give. Absolutely, you want them. You want them properly cooked. The smallest of the best flavor, mostly. He says, as you explained, Chef Ryan, That's and um, yeah, just softly hit the clam to make sure they close, and then cook them as you mentioned. Good tips, Raúl. Thank Exactamente, you. Exactamente, Raúl. <laughs> yeah, um, Stacy says, uh, "Can you make a broth?" Of course, of course. You know, with a lot of Korean dishes like uh, like your doenjang chige, uh, one of the most common, most important uh, soups here in Korea, you really got to have the little um, the little clams in there to you finish do. that off. Yeah, it's 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 so important. Um, I have to say, I don't know whether you've been to Daebudo. Yes. Devil Island. Yes, absolutely. Many um, times. And one of the one of the big things there is the bajirak kalguksu, which exactly. is the small clam kalguksu, the knife cut noodles. Mm-hmm. And there's one restaurant we go back to time and time again. The recipe is basically a little bit of potato, mm-hmm. clams, and you just cook and cook and cook, and that's it. And the flavor oh. is so deep and so extraordinary. You think there must be all sorts of added powders or potions or whatever well, it is. Paul, you're going to have to share this restaurant with me. I, 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 I go out there quite a bit. Okay, I, w- I will tell you the name of the restaurant. And for okay. anyone who comes to Korea, I will let you know because it's my favorite okay. place on that island. Oh, wonderful, yeah. The, the f- if, if you ever try to make some of these dishes without the clams, without the bajirak, then, then your broth just isn't quite sweet enough. It's just not quite right. No, no, it's, it's, and... it's the magic ingredient, and it's always the problem if you're a vegetarian or vegan coming to Korea. True. Is that sometimes something that would seem to be vegetarian actually has that little bit of seafood oh, in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even, the, even the basic broth of dashima yuksu has those little anchovies, the dried anchovies in there. Exactly. All right. Look, um, uh, warning to vegetarians and vegans because we do have a recipe coming up, and no, it's not, it's not going to be vegan friendly. We, we're going to use some blood cockles. What are we making? We are, but, you know, if you really wanted to make it vegan, you could just substitute some tofu or, or some tempeh or something in there. This this is such okay. We've talked about muchim on the show many many times. It's a cold kind of spe- sweet spicy salad. Uh, yeah, um, not not a salad in the Western sense. It's it's right. it's a little bit different. It's a little smaller for a start. Like a spicy slaw, maybe. Sure. Uh, sometimes, um, you know, Southeast Asia is full of these, and they have different different ingredients, but uh, just fresh fresh ingredients. So the way we were talking about how you cook the the blood cockles before you want to do that part and then if you take a a spoon or the back of a knife or a bottle cap and pop those open any that didn't already open i know this goes against what your parents told you okay i'm Um, listening i'm listening i know but but see if you if you wait until all of them open up when you're cooking them they're going to be overcooked so okay so you know follow follow those instructions If, if some of them start to open up and get fresh good cockles of course get them open and then put them to the side and then mix these ingredients together. Now, these are the basic fundamental ingredients, but there's some more that we can add to it too as well. So soy sauce, um, red pepper flakes, chopped garlic, uh, definitely some sesame oil, um, and then something to sweeten it up. And I'm always, you know, suggesting things other than sugar. 
Uh, plum extract or meshil is a great way to do Ooh. that. Another way is just with pear. Um, mix those ingredients together, a little toasted sesame oil, taste it. If it seems a bit salty, because you know your blood clockles are already going to be a little briny, if it seems a bit salty, add water until it gets to the balance that you prefer. Okay, and so just adding cold water there. Cold water to it, right? So taste again, taste again. Okay, it's ready. Now this, you could put right on top of each half shell yeah. with, with them there and just serve it like that. It's, it's garnished with a little toasted sesame seed. You know? Sure, I think we've got a picture right now of what it would look like. There you go. Uh, there, there it is. Go. And some chopped scallions there you see. Also garlic chives are often used. Uh, yeah, so that's that's a, that's a very common way to see them being served here in Korea. This is served hot or cold. Delicious. Absolutely delicious. Uh, you know, when you get toasted sesame oil and soy sauce and something sweet and something spicy all together and garlic, it's hard to go wrong. You can put it on just about anything. Uh, yeah, but but these have their own flavor that that stands out as well. And so, what 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 would you pair them with? You know, if you were if you were to have uh-huh. a cockle meal and you have this this gomak muchim, this uh, this cockle salad, what would you be having just a along with it? Beautiful bowl of rice. Or what um, kind of rice? Um, I want to get specific here. Well, most commonly it's white rice. I I prefer to do the the brown with the little chopped salad, the glutinous mixed in, and some other kinds of grains like barley and kwiti or oats, whole oats. Oh uh, yeah, I have to say the 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 the, the, the barley rice, the half barley rice, the half white. It's a perfect combination, especially. A squeaky, a little squeaky, a little pop to it. Exactly, because it goes with the chew of the the cockle. Oh, good point, Paul. You are a foodie. I I, I, I do what I can. Now, now, so we got the cockles, we got the rice. Uh, What about a soup? What's going to be your your soup to go with this dish? Oh, boy, oh, boy. I I would want something really clean and clear and simple. Because you're getting so much flavor uh, with that with that uh, seasoning on top of each cockle, and the cockles have so much flavor to them, that I would probably go with like uh, maybe a oh boy, maybe just a simple broth like a dashima yuksu that doesn't have too much in it. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, for me personally, I, I might say a bean sprout broth. There you go, which is very clean, right? Yeah, and it's Look got a little bit of crunch for the bean sprouts. Um, and now yeah. um, for those who like a tipple. For those yep. who like a little bit of a drink, ah. what would be your pairing here, soft or hard? Oh, boy. Oh, well, I, I don't do the green bottle too much, but that would be the most common thing would be a, a, a glass of soju, a nice and cold. Um, what do you think? Man? Um, for me, you mentioned using the sour plum, the meshu, and I wonder if Good you could complement that with a little drunk. cocktail. Because we do have the sour plum alcohol. You can get yourself some sparkling water or some tonic water, get a little bit of fizz. I've, yeah, yeah. Meishildrong or or the sour plum extract is a great cocktail ingredient, actually. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm in the mood for this now. This is such a a delicious thing. Um, A little gin with a little (laughs) meishildrong. You got me thinking. Less less traditional, more fusion, but I like it as well. Okay. Um, So this is, this is brilliant. I love this recipe. Uh, I hope you guys get a chance to taste these blood cockles when you come to Korea. Chef Ryan, it's it's once in a blue moon that I get to do this with you, but it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm thank really you so impressed. Much. Let me shake your hand. That was that was nice, man. You got thank some you, good thank tips you. there. Uh, fantastic. Uh, thank you, Chef Ryan. Uh, Peter, we'll see you again next week for some more delicious food. Wonderful. You've been listening to the Thursday segment, Dish of the Day with Chef Ryan on Hashtag Daily Cake. 